Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Ainsley Stanley, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Jen Brubaker. We are pumped for today's show, so grab your groceries, walk your dog, sanitize your house, and do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we are going to hear from the one and only Ainsley Stanley. Ainsley has worked at Youth Unlimited for five years, which is crazy, and she has learned a lot in her 23 years. She's creative, passionate, fun-loving, and loves a good cup of coffee. She rocks, and I am pumped for you to get to know my sweet friend a little better today. Let's do this. Girl, I'm so excited for this. Yeah, interesting being on the other side of the interview, but should be fun. It is different, but yes, it'll be good. So as we did for me, we're going to start with uh, by having a rapid fire fast facts. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. How do you take your coffee? Black. Current favorite jam? Anything from the new Need to Breathe album. Oh, that's so good. It's the best. Oh, so good. Um, if you had to get a Bible verse tattooed on you, what would you get? Uh, Psalm 116. Best place you have ever been? I would say South Africa. You're just like got mountains in your backyard. It's so sweet. Mm. Favorite food? Ooh. Okay. Dill pickles are my favorite food, but like an actual meal, I would say hot wings or steak tartare. That is a fun. Oh, that's the next question. Fun fact about yourself. Um, I'm a foodie. I really like good food. Your whole family is, right? Yes. Mm. Yes, very much so. Yes. Favorite pastime? Ooh, either just being with people or doing art. What is your Enneagram number? I'm a three. Sweet or savory? Savory. If you weren't at Youth Unlimited, YFC, what would you be doing? Uh, Probably something in business. When I was uh, like a young teenager, I wanted to be a lawyer um but later on I wanted to be yeah in business be a financial planner with my dad what trend that would have been fun would have been (laughs) uh favorite podcast I have many favorites but I really like the Craig Rochelle leadership podcast because they're like 20 minute episodes and they're like so good and a more like fun lighthearted one or not lighthearted but fun one would be cat like by bt hartman Mm. Favorite concert? Ooh, good one. Um, I would say either the Arkells in Hamilton or Need to Breathe in Chicago. Oh, good choices. Good choices, yeah. yeah. What was your first email? Oh, gosh. This is the worst question, and I'm the one that always asks people this. Mine was dramapickle at hotmail.com because my mom made it for me, and my nickname was always Pickle growing up because when I was three, I told everyone that they had to call me Pickle from there on. And mom couldn't get drama queen as an option. It was taken already. So then she thought she'd just combine them. So then I was drama pickle at hotmail.com. Very creative. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite TV show? Uh, The Office. Easy. Or also I do love Life in Pieces. That made me cry one time. (laughs) I mean, like we joke around that I'm sentimental and emotional, but I don't cry that often. I don't know. That got me good one yes so Ainsley what makes Ainsley Ainsley tell us about yourself 
Um, well, some of the things I love, I love to do art, specifically lettering. I have a fun time doing that. Um, I'm pretty extroverted. I really love spicy food. Um, I love camp. I worked at camp for like six or seven years. Um, I'm pretty chatty. Some might say bubbly. I'm kind of that friend that talks a lot. Um, and it's perfect because I'm a bubbly person and I love to drink bubbly, so it works out pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm kind of the down for whatever kind of friend. Like I, someone's like, Hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, yeah. And I would say as far as like what I'm passionate about, like I love people and I'm really passionate about people just knowing how loved they are by other people and by God. And, uh, I think specifically like the vulnerable or like the underdog, like the people that kind of fall through the cracks. I think that like, that's the kind of people that I'm pretty passionate about and have a heart for. Um, yeah, and just seeing people, I guess, reach their potential and, and know Jesus' plans for them and be able to actually, like, lean into that and let God lead their life. I'm pretty, I love seeing that, so. Mm. And that is very evident in what you do and how you live, which is mm. awesome. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the reason why we are interviewing each other is so um, people can kind of get to know us and kind of hear our hearts um, and, yeah, just get to know us. And so... For you, uh, when did your faith become real for you? I grew up in a Christian home and and in a home where my parents were really involved with church things and they were pretty passionate about young people knowing about God. And so my mom always says that I kind of teased on the church pews because we spent so much time there when I was young because my mom did lots of kids programs and things like that. And so I always grew up kind of knowing about God and stuff like that and kind of went through maybe a bit of a classic sort of um, journey, uh, however you want to call it, of a lot of kids that grew up in church. You know, like it was kind of everything I knew. I believed it. Went through some times where I wasn't so sure about that when I was like kind of in that angsty 13-year-old age. And then when I was in high school, things started to change. I had, you know, kind of a moment where I decided I wanted to follow Jesus when I was in grade nine. And from that point on, not much changed except for that I tried not to swear, I guess, was my uh, my goal. Um, but there was a couple of kind of formative things that happened when I was in high school that kind of changed and uh, kind of made my faith real for me. And I think one of those was when I first started working at camp when I was 15. And I think the biggest thing about that was I just experienced like how the body of Christ is supposed to act. Like... It's not that I didn't have good Christian people around me. Like, I, I never want that to be how it sounds. But this was the first time that I experienced a community where people just loved everyone unconditionally. So I noticed for the first time that um, the people who who wouldn't normally fit in were so welcomed by everybody. Like, there wasn't outsiders. And also just people who supported me really well. Like, I never had had friends that if I was having a rough day or it looked like something was wrong, they'd be like, yo, what's up? And then I would tell them and they would say, you know, can I pray for you? And they'd pray for me right there. And I had never experienced that level of kind of intense love. And so I think that through that experience, I started to kind of learn what it was like to be a part, like how how the Bible is really supposed to be lived out in real life. 
And yeah, even with that, those community people, it was the first time I was able to be really real with people and vulnerable with people that people showed like a lot of grace to me through things that I was struggling with. So I think that just that experience taught me so practically about like what being a Christian is really about and how beautiful that is. And um, another thing that was pretty formative for me was this program that we did when I was in high school that I now take lots of students to at YFC is called Tools. And it is a program where you go out into Toronto and you learn all about the city and about homelessness and poverty and all kinds of different things. But kind of the whole focal point of it isn't like, okay, you should give change to strangers. It's like walking through the streets and they would say, you know, if everybody is made in God's image, I want you to think about that as you walk down the street and you'd be walking past bars and strip clubs and druggies and homeless people and like all these people that we kind of send to the outsides of society and we kind of dub as less than. And uh, so I think that that was another thing kind of on top of the whole camp experience that I started to realize that like God is love and that Jesus's mission was to love people and about how like that was greater than everything else. And I think that was the first time that I actually grasped Jesus's love. Like it's one of those cheesy things like, yeah, Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so that kind of thing. But this was like, okay, no, like Jesus actually does love people and he loved the people that were ugly and the people that were smelly and the people that sucked. And he loves me when I suck. And I think that was the first time I tangibly experienced that. And so I didn't get it all right. But I think as I started to experience those things, that idea of God being a loving father who loved me and loved everybody and how like it seems like such a simple way to live, but that like loving people unconditionally is living out the gospel. And I just, that whole idea and picture really changed things for me. And I think that really set me on mission for the rest of my life. And that's where like things clicked was that, that understanding of God being a loving God was what really like clicked. That's amazing. I love hearing people's stories, number one, and their journey and how, God has moved and work in their life, but hearing that those are two very specific events in your life where God really opened up your eyes to see that there's so much more to this than just, you know, going to church on Sunday, going to Sunday, like all of those good, and they are good, right? But it's so much more than that. Um, so how did you get here? You have worked at Youth Unlimited for five years um take us back yeah it's funny I never really envisioned myself doing something like this I didn't really like I, I was involved in a lot of YFC programming but it never was like something that I was like oh yeah I'd love to do that one day um but um I guess one one time I remember looking back that was um kind of formative and, and makes a little bit sense as I feel like some ways I was kind of raised for it a little bit like a lot of my upbringing really influenced what I do now um like I remember one time this is like a kind of funny story but I at the time had wanted to be a hairdresser that was my dream I was Ooh. like 13 <laughs> and I just remember being away somewhere on vacation with my parents and my family and there was this kid and he was this chubby little kid. He was so cute. And his mom was being so mean to him. And I was so angry watching this mom be such a jerk to her kid. 
and I was like getting heated I'm like mom can I go say something to them like I like wanted to go do something you thought that yeah absolutely (laughs) I was ready to go like throw Mm. hands I was like yeah 13 or 14 like I was so (laughs) mad about it and I just remember my mom saying to me in that moment she's like Ainsley you're far too compassionate to be a hairdresser and of course at the time I was like whatever mom I can do whatever I want and I think that some of those things that Um, just through different experiences in my life and just the way that I was that I could see that God was kind of leading me in a certain direction and I I didn't know it. Um, But specifically how I got here was when I was in my last year of high school, I had just finished up a season at camp and I got back to high school and I was not super thrilled about it. I had a really hard time my last year of high school and I was not really sure where I was at with God. I was kind of at this point where I was like, this either has to be all in or nothing. Um, And kind of was at a bit of a a crossroads, I guess you could say. And I kind of had made this deal with God. Like, I don't know what I want to do after high school. And so I'm just going to give you a year and I'm going to serve for that year. And I just wanted two things. One, that it would be meaningful. And two, that it would be something that would help me in my faith. And I kind of like said him, I gave him like this ultimatum, like, I will go wherever you want to the ends of the earth, but you have to make it really clear to me where you want me to go. And I was so excited because I like had spent my whole life waiting to get out of Listowel. And then I started making all these plans and started dreaming all these dreams about, you know, I'm going to go to Botswana or somewhere else exciting, go to Peru, like go on the great adventure. And like not even a week later after I started praying, like God make it so clear to me. And I didn't know what that meant. Like, I don't know, write it in the sky. Like I I didn't even know how he would make it clear to me, but I just was like, I don't know, do your thing. And then Kevin asked me like a week later, like, hey, I've just been thinking. And I had this vision of someone coming to work for a year and do like a gap year here at YFC. And I had you in mind. And I just wanted to know if you'd come work for the year. And I knew literally immediately that that was where God wanted me. Like there was just this knowing. And immediately my thought was crap. Like, God, I said the ends of the earth. I didn't mean like like when I said anywhere, I wasn't really envisioning staying put. Anywhere but here. Yeah, yeah, basically. But I didn't really clarify that. And so um, I kind of had mixed emotions because I didn't want to. But at the same time, like I knew that God had made it clear to me. And it was just this weird confirmation in my heart. And so, you know, and Kevin's like, go pray about it. I'm like, I already did like (laughs) figuring it out. And so that Mm -hmm. year was pretty pivotal as far as the trajectory for the next few years and being here still. Um, There was a lot of moments, but one that really sticks out to me was in my first year working at YFC. I remember being at the drop in and I was outside with this girl and she was like just fun and sassy and all these things and all of a sudden she takes off running down the street and I'm like all I can think is she's gonna get hit by a car because she's just like like literally out of nowhere just like bolts and I had no idea what was going on and then one of the kids is like oh her dad's over there and you could see kind of just down the street a little bit there was a guy walking with a stroller and I guess it was her dad and I I didn't know I didn't know her very well and she kind of goes to him and he just kind of ignores her a little bit like he keeps walking kind of waves to her and she like stops and gives him a big hug and I just watched her dad like passively give her a hug and then 
like move on with his day like I I basically watched this girl who was so excited that she like literally almost got hit by a car running to him like oh my gosh my dad and he just didn't care and like my heart like broke like I feel like that moment kind of like haunts me to this day and I just remember just and I, I, I didn't say anything to anybody I was just sitting and observing this whole situation and I just felt this whisper like you need to tell these kids that they have a father that does care about them and I think that was one of the moments that it went from being this like cool thing in Listowel to being like okay this is like a real life thing that you've called me to God and yeah just being able to love the fatherless and the motherless and to love the lost and you know I did not have a vision for what my life would look like and it definitely was not this but I think in that moment I just learned that God had like anointed me and really set me up to do this thing and to be able to show people that even if the people on earth fail them that they have a God that doesn't fail and will never fail them and I'm still here now (laughs) five years later and loving it and I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing sometimes but I think yeah the journey with God and being here is really full of purpose and it's been it's been a good ride Mm. plus through YFC I got to meet Jen so it's been a pretty sweet deal oh wow would say the same (laughs) I am always so humbled when whether it's thinking about my own story and how I came to YFC hearing your own it's so humbling when you know that this isn't what you would have chosen for yourself um as you think and reflect on all these things what would you say has been a recurring or recurring life lessons in in your life um I think one kind of ties into what you're saying is just that his ways are better there's been so many times where I've tried to make good plans and they would have been fine but his were so much better and I think in this really weird way of on paper they don't seem that exciting but in reality there's so much fulfillment and purpose in his plans and so I think just continuing to learn that yeah to trust his plans because I often would like to go off track a little bit and do things my own way but yeah just that simple truth of his his ways are better And I would say the second one that's kind of a recurring lesson for me too is just to follow God for who he is, not how he makes you feel. I think I spent a lot of time really chasing after feelings and trying to chase other people's experiences with God. You know, people would be like, oh, I just felt the presence of God and these different things. And I never really felt that. And so I felt kind of like I was being gypped or like, what's wrong with me that my faith doesn't look like that and not for lack of trying, I guess. And through that learning that you know following God with your feelings is a really bad game plan because Mm. feelings will fail you and that God isn't a God of feelings he's a God that's good and he's there and he's present in every moment and so when I actually chose to give up my expectations for what my faith should look like then I think that opened up so many doors to actually experience God it was this weird thing of when I let go of my expectations of how God was supposed to make me feel and how I was supposed to feel worshiping or praying or anything like that that when I actually surrendered those things that he actually blessed me by showing me more of who he was and now I have kind of that root foundation of knowing that God was worth following because 
he loves me, he died for me, and he died for humanity, not because he makes me feel good. So good. So many truths. And yeah, it's it's so interesting. I find it so interesting that the biggest lessons you learned are often through suffering and wrestling with hard things. Or just annoying. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's not even like, oh, like this sucks so bad. I want to cry. Sometimes it's just through the annoying things. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> what is God teaching you right now? Um, I think something that kind of uh, sticks out to me and something I've been thinking about a lot is just finding glory in the mundane, like seeing God in the small things. I, I can be pretty dramatic sometimes. I, (laughs) I, I am, yeah, dramatic. I can exaggerate, love to tell stories, have fun, love to laugh, all those things. And so, I mean, and, and it goes kind of back to what I was saying before. Like, I, I think I have big expectations sometimes and I want life to be really thrilling and, Sometimes I feel like, oh, like I'm not learning that much from God right now. But like the truth is, is that when you pay attention, God is at work in so many places. And I think just observing and actually paying attention to what God is doing, because the truth is, is that he doesn't actually need me to do stuff. He's already working despite me. Like creation is always continually worshiping and glorifying Christ. And like just even to like think about those things, like there's always something happening and just to be able to like value those small things and in the boring seasons and the slow seasons and in the mundane and in self-isolation and quarantine, all those things that God is doing so many incredible things and just to like pay attention to those little like holy moments and holy things that are going on. So yeah, I'd say that. Mm, That's so good. I feel like I say that so good so many times, but it really is. (laughs) Um, If you had to pick a soundtrack for your life, what would it be? I love the song, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus by uh, Stephanie Gretzinger. And I just, I just think it's so beautiful. It makes me cry. Like every time I'm listening to it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me and Jen will always be like, hi, I just listened to this song and it made me cry. She's like, oh no, don't remind me. Um, It's just so beautiful. And I love, there's one part that says, if I have a testimony, if I have anything at all that no one cared for, no one ever cared for me like Jesus his faithful hand has held me all this way. And I think that the fact that Jesus has carried me through all these things in life and through like really difficult things in the past few years that, you know, if there's anything that could come out of that and if there's anything that could tell my life story, it's that the person who cared for me through all those things was Jesus. And so I hope that's the soundtrack of my life. I hope that other people see that. And that's just like, hashtag goals you know like that's really is like we'd say all these things but yeah I would say like that's such a such a a vision I love that song so much I think you were the first one to show it to me and I would listen to the words of like oh my gosh wow 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 and sometimes when I'm driving I'm commuting to Listowel praying in my car that song comes on I'm like wow yeah like I see you living that out like and I pray that that is that those lyrics are what my life reflect to so oh amazing switching it up a little bit um to make it a little more those are good things but heavy things <laughs> tell us about your most embarrassing moment you have a you have several iconic moments but what would you say is one that stands out to you 
Yeah, I know. Jen was like, what's your most embarrassing moment? And I was like, how do I pick? I am one of the most embarrassing people that I know. Like, sometimes I just feel like I should I should be in a movie. Like, it doesn't feel real. <laughs> um, but I would say one that always sticks out to me, and this is, like, the most popular one to share, was um, one time I was helping out at a youth conference, and I had never been before, and I had just been roped in by my mentor and her husband. Like, they wanted me to come help out. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come help out. It sounds fun. And I didn't know anybody, barely. But I did know these two girls. And so the two, the three of us went to go basically bring up lunch to the fridge. That was, like, our, like, job. So I was like, okay, sounds easy enough. So we go to the one girl's car. And she has these massive trays of wraps. Like, and... They were huge and they're like that flimsy plastic. And as soon as I see them, like I just kind of get nervous and I don't know if it was foresight or what, but the one girl goes and picks up two trays stacked on top of each other. And then the next girl goes and grabs one tray and then she puts like all of these like tablecloths and stuff on top. So they've both got like quite the load and there's two trays left. And I was like, I should only take one, but I'm one of those people that has to take all my groceries in one trip from the car like I was like "Uh uh-uh plus I didn't want to be like shown up like I had to keep up so I grabbed these two trays of wraps against my better judgment and we are going into like a university dorm into wherever the lounge or whatever they were going to was and we get into the elevator and we're sitting there and as I'm sitting in the elevator holding these two trays of wraps like trying to be so careful to be still I just like see very slowly the top tray of wraps just starts to like slowly slide and I'm just watching it being like what do I do no 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 yeah, actually and I just start to panic and I'm like oh my gosh what do I do so I try to like balance it out and tip the wraps the other way and in the process I literally dump both of the trays of wraps no. all over the floor of the elevator and they both crash onto the elevator floor and like it was like a lettuce explosion because like all the wraps were shot like were sliced in half so everything's just spilled out of them and like luckily the girls were so fun and we just all burst out laughing and we're like what do we do and the one girl's like just start stuffing everything back in and so we hit all the buttons on the elevator so that like it won't get back down to the main floor (laughs) and we just get on our hands and knees and we are like picking up handfuls of meat and cheese and and lettuce from the floor of a university dorm elevator that's disgusting (laughs) and we like chuck them in the wraps and we're like frantically wrapping up these wraps and shoving them back in and trying to and as we're doing this and I'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh I just hear ding and I'm like oh no and I look up and the elevator doors slide open and there are about 15 people staring at us on our hands and knees with hands full of lettuce who are going to eat this for dinner and they just look and like we just look at each other no one says anything and after a minute the doors shut And we go back to frantically putting these wraps back together. And so eventually we just like got all the stuff back in the wraps. We wrapped them up all nicely and we like arranged them in the nice little circle that they were in. We put the lids on. We made sure the elevator was spick and span. And then we went back in and we put all the wraps back in the fridge. You fed them to people? We left them there. And then that evening we're doing registration and I was on like a like a food restriction thing at the time and so I had brought my own food 
already. Oh my god! Because I wasn't allowed to eat a bunch of things. And so I like had my own dinner with me. And this girl beside me who I just met is like holding a wrap in her hands and she's staring at it kind of like skeptically. And I'm just trying to ignore it, right? And she's like, oh my gosh, I hope this isn't one of them. <gasps> and I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, were you there when those people dropped those wraps? And I was like, oh yeah, ha 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 ha. And I just left it at that. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. So long story short, I fed a bunch of people, grown adults, only adults though, no teenagers, um, a bunch of wraps off of the elevator floor. And I, it still haunts me to this day. So that would be easily my most embarrassing moment. <laughs> now you all know if you ate one of those wraps. I'm so sorry. I know. I was kind of afraid to share it because I'm like, what if somebody finds out that didn't know about this? So, oh, well. Too funny. <laughs> I can picture it now. So what would your kind of switching gears again? Uh, what would your favorite uh, scripture be right now and why? I think my all-time favorite is um, Psalm 116, especially the the first two verses. I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. Um, and then it goes on to say, the cords of death entangled me, the anguish of the grave overcame me, um, and I called out to the Lord, save me. And then um, it says that, you know, you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And that was a paraphrase. I only read some of those, but I just love that. I feel like it is just such a beautiful picture of the fact that like God, when I call out to God to save me, that he does, he saves me from death and from stumbling and from tears. And especially that idea that, you know, he listens to me when I call out and because of that, I will call out the rest of my life. And I think it's just a beautiful picture. So yeah, it's Mm. just my, my go-to. That's awesome. What area specifically would you say that you have grown the most in this year? Um, I think I would say like steadiness. Um, my word for the year was cadence. Um, and the reason for that was I just wanted to kind of craft a good cadence for my life. And I wanted this, I had this desire kind of to be ready in every season and I'm somebody who likes to make big goals for myself and then I can get kind of um, upset or discouraged if I don't meet all of my big goals. Um, and so I I think that it can be really easy to be like, I want to do this, 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 and this. But instead of having those things, I wanted to have more of good rhythms and habits in my life. And so instead of saying, I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year, I was just like, I want to make reading scripture like a huge thing in my life. Like I want it to be my go-to way to fill myself up, something that I do every day. I didn't want to say, you know, I'm going to run 5K by this time. I wanted to say that I'm going to take care of myself by exercising regularly. And not that those things are bad, but I just knew for me, like that was the season that I was in was I really wanted to create daily, weekly, monthly rhythms in my life so that, hmm, shout out to 2020, I didn't even know it was coming, when things were good and when things were bad, that I was able to keep my pace. That was what I wanted was to be taking care of myself spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, so that in every season, good or bad, as I go through the ups and downs, that I wouldn't do the up and down, that I would stay 
mm. steady mm-hmm. through the up and down. And I didn't know that 2020 was going to be as insane as it was. <laughs> but I honestly think that that was God because I think that through that, it definitely helped because I still had expectations of the way I wanted to live my life. But I would not have been able to meet the goals that I wanted to meet if I had set things up. And I think also like that desire to be ready in every season um, definitely came in handy through this and not that I was perfect by any means. I wasn't necessarily someone who was like up at 6am working out through COVID. I did bake lots of bread, but (laughs) there's a balance in it. Yes, there's a balance. (laughs) But I think that I grew in my steadiness, which is not something that I think I'm always good at. So I think that would be a good one. Um, yeah. And I'm really thankful for that. Just the steadiness that I've learned and the, the good rhythms and cadence that I've learned in my life. Mm. Yeah, I definitely have seen you uh, grow in those areas. And Kevin, who's our supervisor, um, at the beginning of January, I remember him asking what people do different things in the new year, right? Like some new year, new me. Yes. Um, new year's resolution. Some people have a word anyway. So he just wants us to be intentional, um, in the way that we live in general. And so, yeah, he asked us to come up with, uh, with a word that we would focus on this year and yeah yours was cadence mine was rhythm the less hipster version of the two I didn't want to use rhythms <laughs> because I wanted to use something more unique Ainsley wanting to do something more unique that's Nuts. another fun fact about me I don't yes. like to be mainstream yes um but yeah that is definitely lend itself well especially in the season that we have been in and are currently in that's awesome so to end off Our conversation for today, what has been the best piece of advice you have received? I don't know about like the best advice I've ever received, but a piece of advice that I love was from Craig Rochelle, my favorite podcast. And he always says people would rather follow a leader who's always real than a leader who's always right. And I just love that because I will not always be right and I don't want that to be the case. And so just being real with people, I just think it's a great way to live your life and live as a leader. So that would be one of the kind of top five advice, top five pieces of advice I've been given. Mm, So good. Again, saying so good. 10 times this podcast, but it really is. Ainsley, thank you so much. I, for one, love you, number one. Um, But you are a huge gift to your community. And I am so encouraged by the way that God has uh, directed you over the last five years as we've gotten to know each other better um, here at Youth Unlimited YFC. And yeah, just your obedience, the way that you've worshiped God in being obedient to him and him wanting to stay in your community. Because it's not always easy, especially when you have big dreams to quote unquote move on right so i'm so inspired by your creativity for your passion and i just love doing life with you so thank you you rock thank you so much for joining us on today's episode if you want to follow along with us at work friends you can follow us on instagram at just work friends and keep yourself updated there you can also subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are available or check out our podcast website which is anchor.fm slash work friends Hope to see you next time. See you later. Bye.